LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Folks, I, Donald Trump was indicted on something totally unrelated to January 6th, something prior to him being elected president. Um, hush money to somebody who was sleeping with behind his wife's back, I guess, and uh, didn't want it eked out to the press. So they elab came up with an elaborate scheme of his lawyer set up a shell company to make payments to these women and um, Stormy Daniels, the porn star being one and some other lady in Florida, of which none of this is important. Okay. None of this is important. I go back to 20, you know, 16, when Donald Trump was running away with the Republican nomination and you know, I, I remember the Clintonites had all tried to get Donald Trump to run for president. And uh, when he did run for president, um, you know, sure enough, he was able to own the Republican Party. And uh, ever since then, it was a nonstop Donnie Tiny Hands, uh, Don the Con, every, every nickname under the sun for people that watch The View. Um, you know, people that think Rachel Maddow is a serious commentator. And, uh, from that point forward, my message had been, guys, this is a fucking distraction. Tell me how all this Don, the con Donnie tiny hands helps me get a green new deal. Tell me how it helps us advance the concept of a job guarantee. Tell me how it helps us understand the debt ceiling and the debt limit and helps us fight for, uh, you know, reversing climate change or providing student debt cancellation or free college for all or, you know, universal child care or housing as a right or you know, pretty much anything. How does, it, how does it solve one problem in the United States? How does it solve one problem really in the world? And at that time, the same standard bearers of the establishment with a relentless nonstop joined effort pushed nonstop the Don, uh, Don the Con, Donny Tiny Hands, all the other things that people that don't really have a political compass, don't really have any goals or aspirations, or they're not really fighting for anything substantive do. And now all of a sudden, Don the Con. Can't even say it with a straight face. I mean, I tried so hard. I, I don't think I paid any attention to any of it, honestly. I really focused my ass the entire time on spreading knowledge of modern monetary theory, spreading knowledge that, you know, just voting blue wasn't getting us what we needed, that we needed to push beyond the duopoly, that we needed to push and keep front and center these very important points. So, personally, I really hope you guys like today's show art. I had a good time helping design this. Uh, you know, bottom line is there's the sleuth up there. 
looking down and there's the, he's a Putin puppet. Putin puppet, man, I'm telling you, he's a Putin puppet. Here's Donald Trump giving all the libs the finger. I mean, ultimately, it's just one big ginormous shit show that distracts. You know, it's just like isolating on the fact that the 900-member Azov Battalion is Nazi, right? The 900, I want you to think about this, 900-member Azov Battalion out of millions and millions of people. And more importantly, it takes away the focus on what's really going on. It's not about arming Nazis at all. It's really about a power grab at the last minute where the U.S. is realizing its hegemony over the world is slipping away and trying to secure whatever gains they can using, of course, NATO and the EU. Uh, and, and really, quite frankly, it's all a distraction to blind us from the fact that China is kicking our ass, that Russia, somehow or another, was able to make do without access to the U.S. SWIFT system, the country didn't implode. And we were able to conduct a war without access to the U.S. SWIFT system. So there's a lot of really important things going on right now, but you're going to see the shit libs worrying about indicting Don the Khan and, and putting Donnie Boy in jail. I, I don't even want to show you my Facebook feed. Because Facebook, unlike Twitter, is filled with friends, you know, you know, mostly friends. And I'm embarrassed by how many of them are still salivating over Don the Khan getting indicted when simultaneously Joe Biden is actively pushing us into war, actively doing this actively not giving us any of the things we need, actively not giving us Medicare for all. And, you know, there was a great comment the other day by uh, Lambert, who is Lambert Streeter over at uh, Naked Capitalism. He said, Democrats managed to uh, not only uh, stop us from talking about Medicare for all, but they literally shut down all signs of it. Like, that's truly impressive how amazing they were at eliminating the conversation about Medicare for all in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, sure, let's worry about Donald Trump and his sex life. Maybe we can even talk about the size of his pecker while we're at it, right? Maybe we can talk about how he's got a big old beer belly and he's got tiny hands. Or maybe we can talk about how bad his comb over is, right? You know, these are the things that lesser-minded people do. People that don't really have a lot going on between the ears. People that have it unplugged from mainstream media that just sit there consumed with MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, and listening to all the bullshit that the government is literally pumping into their heads. You know, the whole Twitter files, right? you find out that there is like a very, very gray line between government and social media. And you find out that, you know, social media is getting away with all the surveillance they're doing based on the fact that they're not government, yet government is institutionalizing it in the back end. They're making it happen on the back end. 
we're literally losing our right to privacy at any level, in any way, in any shape, in any form. But yeah, let's indict Donald Trump for hush money, for banging a porn star, and some others. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But it's not just that it's ridiculous. It's that it's harmful. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you Jordan Cheriton's um, tweet thread that he did. And I want to be clear, Jordan and I maybe don't see eye to eye on everything, but this is probably the most rational. It wouldn't be my take, but I don't necessarily disagree with it. So it's probably the most rational uh, take other than just this is a distraction, which is my position. So let me go ahead and share that with you real quickly. Trump indictment thread. For the non-resistance liberal popping champagne or MAGA stand gathering pitchforks, number one, alleged crimes happened before he was president, unless there is more from where when he was president, meaning the indictment is against Trump while he was still a private citizen. Second, it's wild seeing the hysteria on the right, the same right that went on a crusade against Bill Clinton over BJ's in the White House calling Trump indictment over paying off a porn star a third-world political prosecution. No one knows the details of the indictment. Number three, now this is where we start kind of going in a little bit different way. Because I don't buy the argument that Trump shouldn't be indicted for this because it crosses the political Rubicon and will usher in a new era of political persecutions as a journalist I want politicians to be charged and convicted for the same crimes regular people would be. We're going to talk about this. And number four, while we're at it, executives at Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, et cetera, should have been prosecuted for fraudulently tanking the world economy over a decade ago. True that. All that elite control fraud. Yes. President George W. Bush, Cheney, and their cohorts should have been prosecuted over Iraq war lies, too. There's so much more. And, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to get into more of this because, quite frankly, I think that that's about all the attention that Donald Trump really needs from us at this point. So what I want to make sure of is this. In a world where we are nonstop hit, nonstop hit with normie sensibilities, I mean, I think of these people as, the soccer moms and the soccer dads or the, the dads who go hunting instead of watching the news or, or whatever, and they just don't pay attention and they get enough of it. And this is more than enough information for them. They don't need any more than that. They're good. And, and the reality is, is that there's so much going on. I mean, here, I'll take Mark Collins comment right here. He says, what happens to our economy when BRICS chooses to agree among themselves to sell their goods to those outside the BRICS membership for their own currencies only. Well, the reality is we use foreign exchange markets just like we use everything else. Um, it's really not that big a deal in the end. It really isn't. It just takes away the U.S.'s SWIFT system ability to impose sanctions and to impose all kinds of other control factors that they would have otherwise done. Um, but largely, these are the important things. These are the things that we should be talking about, but we're not talking. We're not talking about them because the media is controlled by the government. 
and they are watched by normies, which outnumber people that are awake and looking at things differently by a factor of probably 10 to one, maybe more than that. Maybe it's even like 99 to one. I mean, we are really, really surrounded by people that slurp up. I mean, they take the Fox News stuff seriously. They take the CNN stuff seriously. They sit there and stay up late and watch MSNBC seriously. They watch these shitty pundits on mainstream media and cable television seriously. They like take this stuff seriously. They listen to the crap seriously and they act upon it seriously, which I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing to me, quite frankly, that anybody would do that. Okay. If you're one of those people and I, you feel like I'm pointing at you, I probably am to be honest with you. Um, but let's, let's just be clear. It takes a lot of effort to change anything about society. It takes a lot of effort to teach people that we can have nice things. It takes a huge amount of effort to get people to fight for things that they've never thought were possible. Okay. So the stuff we've talked about here for the last, I don't know, eight years, most people probably think that it's pie in the sky. It can't be possible. It wouldn't happen. Why bother wasting my time? But they will put themselves 100%. They will pour themselves 100% into Don the Khan shit, into all the Donald Trump hysteria. Now, I'm going to give you a couple trade-offs, and it's really up to you what you do with them, okay? We know that people only have so many hours in a day. And in those so many hours that they have in the day, they're probably exhausted. They're probably pretty fucked up from society as it stands. Um, they're probably living in depressing economic times. Um, and so for them, you know, paying attention to something that's not like just easy to just zone on, watch, and then throw out their head and be gone and moving on to the next subject, maybe too tall of an order for a lot of them. But we know those of us who have studied things like organizational change management and things like that, that it requires a constant reinforcing of a message for it to stick. And you see that the establishment is far more powerful, far more willing to stay focused on these sorts of things. It will keep a laser focus on it until it becomes part of your brain, part of your thought process, part of your world. And we have to battle that. We have to battle that. So in the battle of ideas and the battle of concepts and the battle of educating a public that doesn't want to be educated because they're tired, whatever, we have our work cut out for us because there will be no change. Now, Let's look at the gun situation that's recently come up. Yet another shooting, right? The first thought of it is, hey, guns are bad. Let's get rid of guns. But it doesn't take much to look back in time to see that one of the key factors in all these kind of uprisings and uh, state-sponsored cracking down, fascism, you name it, does not take much to figure out very quickly, by the way. Um, you know, that in the end, there's really nothing that can be done. There's really nothing that they can do. It, it, it just sits there and spins and, and, and it goes nowhere. We as people 
if we don't recognize that guns are the like the zit they're they're like the popping of the zit the problem is systemic the problem is inside the machine inside the country inside the system of economics that we deploy under this capitalist society inside of all these factors we are stuck if you will stuck because people cannot think beyond gun bad gun bad i'm not saying guns are good but i am saying that disarming society and leaving guns only in the hands of a government that is owned by corporations is probably not the win you think it is it might not be the big win you're thinking it is just spitballing right just spitballing probably not now let's go here um greg roast has a great comment he says mark and BRICS could offer poor countries more competition for development loans instead of it only coming from one crappy offer from the U.S. dominated institutions. Yes, like the WTF and, um, uh, excuse me, uh, WTO and the IMF. I mean, folks, the U.S. has used its power not just to buy things cheaply. The U.S. has used its financial power, its dollar hegemony on literally bringing developing countries to their knees and under U.S. debt. So these are things that are real, that are substantive, that we have to address, that we have to talk to everyone we can about to bring their awareness up. But alas, you will be burdened with a thousand people wanting to ban guns, a million people wanting to celebrate Don the Con going to jail, and everything else but a Green New Deal, but a job guarantee, but free college or student debt cancellation. They won't stay focused on that. So the, the messages that are reinforced, always the messages from the establishment. Establishment puts it out there. And see, they're not, they're not weirdos in this way. They give the establishment credit. They retweet each other's shit. They take the message and they put it out there ad nauseum. They're committed to tweeting shit to keep that message alive, the establishment message. The left, they'll do a few people, but they gatekeep the shit out of it, and most, they won't bother. They don't see the point in it. They're not interested in being on Twitter. They're not interested in doing these things. And therefore, they render a lot of what we're doing irrelevant because to reach people, you either have to be out in the field, out in the road, out in the street, knocking on doors, handing out leaflets, going to public squares, standing up, talking. You got to be on social media, but if people don't see your social media, who the fuck cares? So this narrative of Don the Con, Donnie boy, Donnie's being indicted is going to be everything. It's going to suck the air right the fuck out of the room. This is all going on at a time where there is massive destabilization across the globe as the world splits into bricks, banks, all that stuff. It doesn't seem like a big deal or worse for the people that don't understand it, make it a super big deal, way bigger deal than it is. The death of the dollar, blah, blah, blah. Not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. But all the things with the inflation, I mean, I talked to you all the other day about lagging indicators and about how 
looking at uh, the interest rate hikes may not produce the kind of results you're thinking about in the moment, but in five, six, eight months down the road, when the layoffs really begin in earnest, you're going to have to look way back. You're going to have to put your memory cap on and it's going to be filled with Donald Trump shit. And you're going to get smacked upside your head, completely unaware of what's happening around you because you allowed normies to control what you thought was important. You allowed Fox News to make you talk about the subjects they're putting out there. You made CNN and MSNBC look like prophets because you were part of their apparatus of spreading their bullshit, which is the establishment narrative. You're not doing any good by sharing that shit out. You got to stay focused. And this distraction campaign is not just like a one and done. This is like always. It's like always the way it works. You know, I saw for the first time in years any kind of reporting about the Las Vegas shooting, supposedly the largest shooting of all time in this way. And apparently the guy was upset about casinos. But that died as quickly as it came out. I don't know if you all remember that, but for a hot minute, people were freaking out about somebody shooting everybody in an open air at a concert in Las Vegas. And then it just vanished. It just vanished. And then all of a sudden you find out this guy was jacked up about being angry at casinos. That in a bag of chips gives you a bag of chips, my friends. The reality is you want to stop violence, make society better. You want to stop families from breaking up, make it less stressful to be a family. You want to see kids do better in school, start making it so that their parents have more time to be with them to help them work on their student, uh, their schoolwork. You want to make sure that kids have a better life in school. Make sure that the schools are fully funded so that poor kids and rich kids can go play sports and do music and other arts and crafts and extracurricular things, not just the wealthy kids that get to play lacrosse when mommy and daddy buy them the pads and all the other expensive things and get to take them to the expensive lacrosse camps and all the uh, touring league baseball and all the other things that rich kids get to do. Okay. Start making it accessible for them as well. Cause these are important things. Even if you're not a sportsy person, sorry, whoever you are that feels that way. Sports gives people an opportunity and a way to work together for a common goal. That's a super important thing. If you're a socialist, that's a super important thing. You want people to have solidarity. You want people to learn to work together, even if they're not from the same family, the same mindset, the same race, the same gender, the same whatever. You want people to be able to work together, and sports teaches that. You want people to be creative and think about things beyond the norm. Art helps us find things outside the box. Art is way more important than just painting or something like that. Okay, It teaches people a way of assessing the world around them. It gives them a different view. There's so many things that we fail at because we can't see the immediate, the immediate thing, you know, right there. It's like you've got to have that immediate result in front of you. And if you don't have that immediate result, then it failed or you're not interested. You know, I, I'm a project manager by trade. 
And so I get things done. And when I'm surrounded by people that don't get things done, I get really grossed out. I feel sick inside. Well, as a political activist, that's the way I feel as well. Because I'm all about trying to do something, get something done, make something have an impact, do the best we can to get the most impact. And you're not always surrounded by people that share that same vision. And so finding a way to make important things important, to get rid of the distractions and to deprioritize distractions and to not allow distractions to enter into your organization or your world or your, you know, when you're trying to do activism and somebody says, but what about Donald Trump? You're probably not going to make a lot of headway there because this person is far gone, way far gone. There's probably not a lot of chance of explaining to them about a Green New Deal. Oh, yeah, that's important. Don, what about Don? So you think about the distraction of January 6 trials. What do you think the January 6 trials were for? Do you think they were for just random people showing up to Capitol to, um, you know, and they're trying to get rid of those guys because they're narrative goods. This was a shot across the bow, and it was aimed at the left as much as anything. You know, for the left, if you were a Marxist or you've studied, you know, the art of revolution, you've looked at revolution, you've understood the arc of revolution, you understand that there is always a counter-revolutionary force waiting to take away your gains. And you're also realizing that they will do whatever they can to block you from having a revolution. So what happens if the left ever did have power? These kinds of things are setups to put new laws in the books to prevent, to prevent, you know, folks from having an impact. You know, I think about what Jordan said in his tweet. Let's go ahead and put that up here real quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, again, this is where he and I probably differ on this. Okay. But he's saying basically right here, I don't buy the argument that Trump shouldn't be indicted. You know, let's pop on that one indicted because it crosses the political Rubicon and will usher in a new area of political era of political prosecutions. Let me just say this. If you have studied revolution and you've studied the concept of counter-revolutionary forces and so forth. You understand that every action usually has an equal and opposite reaction. It does not take much to figure that out. And so with that in mind, if our goal is to unite the working class so that we can make it a, a class war, if you will, instead of Republican, Democrat, because that's I don't I don't agree to those terms. I don't agree to those terms. If you're looking to do that, everything going on here right now, because the, the Donald Trump excitement isn't coming from a class analysis where you're saying, hey, eat the rich or something like that. This is coming from that standard Democrats trying to get back at them. And then the next time Republicans will try to get back at them. This has been going on forever, okay, forever. And it's not going to stop, but we don't have to add steroids to it. We don't have to keep watering that plant. We can let it die on its own. <clears throat> and so, you know, as I was thinking about this, tomorrow's macro and cheese will be with Varn, uh, Derek Varn, 
um, who is really neat guy. Uh, it was nice to be able to talk with him. And what we talked about was the history of revolutions. And we talked about the history of counter revolutions. You think about, uh, you know, France and you think about the French revolution and you think about Robespierre was kind of crowned the, the leader of the revolution. And Robespierre was also titled the incorruptible. But after a little bit of time and attempts on his life and all the fighting that kept going, even after quote unquote, the revolution, the revolution never ends. That's the thing. There's a counter revolutionary force waiting in the wings. Okay. And so as Robespierre began to suspect everybody was his enemy and probably in the beginning, many of them were probably many of the people that were beheaded. Um, you know, I, it's easy to critique it. But there's a lot of things that go on in that time period. There's a lot of things that went on during that time period that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have the stomach for today. Um, the purges, all sorts of different, uh, you know, reactions to counter-revolutionary forces. But these kind of things, when you go after a guy like Trump like this, um, you know, you're not talking to people that think there's anything fair about it. They still believe that the election was stolen from him, um, whatever. I don't really care because Biden, I didn't vote for Biden. I didn't vote for Trump either, let's be clear. Um, but I didn't vote for Biden. And I have a clean conscience about that because I think Biden has been one of the worst presidents um, we've ever had. Um, and that includes Donald Trump. Okay, Donald Trump was a really bad president. W was a bad president. But bad for whom, right? We've talked about this before. The question is always, you know, you think he's bad. Why do you think he's bad? Well, he didn't do what I wanted him to do. Well, he did what someone wanted him to do. Someone wanted him to do what he did. So he was a good president for whoever it was that wanted that. Okay. And, you know, I think to myself, it's really naive to think that your government is there to serve you. Now, don't get me wrong. The concept of government, big government even. Um, you know, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big central planning kind of guy. Okay. Um, but when you think about what government is today, government today is captured. We see the rotating door between wall street and, uh, the federal reserve, wall street and the treasury wall street and all the different cabinet positions. Um, and we see them come in, they do four year stint. They go back to industry richer than they ever dreamed of. Okay. They pave the way for when they get out of government so that they can make a huge windfall. This is stuff that we talked about with Bill Black. And by the way, I'll be talking with him again. There'll be a upcoming Bill Black episode of Macro and Cheese talking about developing a proper regulatory and auditing environment for financial institutions and how we would need to staff that, things like that. Stuff that most people don't talk about because, well, it's probably not sexy, but it's what needs to be talked about, okay? So anyway, I keep thinking about why people that used to follow real progressives are now wrapped around the axle about Don the Con and know, fighting hard for Biden and, and crap like that. And I think, I know I never said that. So maybe I turned them into Biden supporters by being 
so hateful to Biden. Maybe they just rejected it and became uh, totally. Okay, Christina, I will talk about Clara Matei. I will talk about Clara Matei. Mon uh, April 4th, we have an RP Live. I do this all the time, but April 4th, we have an RP Live um, with uh, Clara Matei talking about uh, her book, uh, The Capital Order. I want to make a point. Clara Matei is like my spirit animal. Um, she's not exactly what you call an MMT -er, but her history and understanding of austerity is particularly important. And it's because of that history of austerity and the rules that these guys use to keep us in place that these kinds of distractions become even more painful to us. When we don't stay eyes on the prize, they're able to sneak this shit right on through. Most people still don't understand that interest rates being raised provide the rich, those with money, a huge windfall of basic income, okay? And they don't understand that it makes credit more expensive for Jane and Joe public, which then in turn makes them more dependent on rich people spending their money, which once again filters through and creates the narrative that we need the rich. Don't eat the rich. We need the rich because if we don't have the rich, then we can't actually have nice things. So to me, at the end of the day, if you think about what we're up against, it's complex. It's complex to tell this story. It's complex to explain the trinity of austerity with interest rate hikes, cutting federal budgets and federal spending, and creating the, uh, the conditions for layoffs. Those three things are the triple constraint model, if you will, the triple austerity model that Claire Matei talks about. But that doesn't sound nearly as sexy as Don the Con, Donnie Tiny Hands, Orange, uh, what is it? Orange Man, um, uh, Cheeto Lini, Orange Julius, whatever other lesser specimen names that shit libs say. And, you know, the worst thing is some trash asshole might say that I'm, you know, a Trumper or that I'm pro Trump. And it's like, couldn't be further from the truth. Never voted for Trump, would never vote for Trump, can't stand Trump. Then again, I can't stand Joe Biden. And I didn't vote for him either. So, you know, telling the truth about NATO, telling the truth about U.S. imperialism doesn't mean that you're a Putin puppet. That's lesser specimen, sub-brained idiocy that trash people say. People that don't have a mind say. They repeat ad nauseum because they don't have any analysis but they take up the entirety of the discourse in the world, sucks the air right out, sucks the air right the fuck out. So as I think to myself, you know, what will it take to turn this around when you know that moneyed interests are desperate to keep us focused on Donald Trump? focused on partisan politics, to ignore what's happening on the global stage, to ignore what is happening in the U.S. Uh, with austerity, to ignore the layoffs that are about to come. There's so much going on, and we are not focused on it. And we don't have control of the media, so the access to people is highly conditional on us reaching each other through different means, through sharing social media or whatever. Um, but nothing is 
nothing is getting better around here, folks. We're closer to war than we've ever been. Well, not than we have ever been, but than we've been in a long time, like real open war. Um, we are closer to hating our neighbors than ever before. Um, we are more willing to not see our neighbors even as human beings. We have come so far away from any of the quote unquote good facades that the establishment pumped on us. You know, I, I, I think to myself, I know people love to rag on the good old days when, you know, everybody celebrated the start of baseball season and they'd have the local town march and parade with the local T-ball, minor league baseball teams marching through the town and the girls' softball teams and, and whatnot. I, I know that people don't like the flag waving. I get it. I do get it. But people genuinely had some care with each other then, at least at some level. We have gotten so far, especially since we've lost some of that contact through the pandemic, people have been more isolated than ever. And we've lost our humanity in many ways. And so we've gotten very used to watching, binge watching uh, shows on Netflix, shows on Prime, whatever, Hulu. And we consider that living life that somehow or another we're living um, by, by streaming shit. And hopefully our friends watched it too so we have something to talk about. So we're not doing anything anymore. We're not living. And quite honestly, the good news about that is that you would like to believe that it would push people to action, recognizing it to bring about some change and to bring about an understanding. But unfortunately, that's not happening. So with that, um, this is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. Um, my dog uh, got his, <clears throat> got neutered today. And so I've got to go pick up the little puffer fish before I go back to work. So my parting shot here is Donnie Tiny Hands isn't important. You know, these elections are meant to divide us. Uh, it's all meant to keep us distracted and we play into it. So think about what's important. Think about the things you think are important and ask yourself, why aren't people focused on that? And here, who has time to watch baseball? Let me tell you, if you've got kids and they're in activities, you'll find time to watch baseball. <laughs> It's only a distraction if uh, if you're not spending the other 23 hours of your day doing activism. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, I'm going to bid you adieu. Please, by all means, become a donor, subscribe. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, you can also check this out. We put the Rogue Scholar on podcast. So if you don't want to see my ugly mug staring at the camera, no fear. We've got this in audio format. Go out there and find the Rogue Scholar on any of your favorite podcast platforms and you can listen to it. You can binge listen to it. Just start with one and just hit play and it'll just go through it all. So without further ado, I bid you adieu. And that is my goodbye sign. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.